0: Former University of Arkansas Pine Bluff star Teron Armstead enters a win-win contract with the Miami Dolphins, and Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU joins as we continue our top 10 draft-eligible HBCU player list with number six. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Day and today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered all season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Teron Armstead just signed a contract with the Miami Dolphins in a a, a contract that I think is honestly a win-win. I think both sides get a lot, and both sides brought a lot to the table. Um, he signs a five-year, seventy-five million-dollar contract, and he has the incentives to be able to get to eighty-seven point five. You may be thinking what does this have to do with locked on hbcu you talking about the miami dolphins and teron armstead well teron armstead is a former player for university of arkansas at pine bluff so i felt like with him getting his deal and you know you see 15 million it's like oh my gosh but i'm going to tell you why this is truly a win-win for both sides especially when it comes down to that number and the incentives but i just felt like with him being a former hbcu player and really being a guy who is, I think he was a part of the HBCU Legacy Bowl as well. He's a guy who I think is on the forefront of pushing HBCU athletics, specifically football. And then also he's one of the best HBCU football players in the league. It's its him and Darius Leonard. Those are the two best players to come out of an HBCU that are currently in the league. So when he gets a deal of this magnitude, I say, you know what, let's talk about it. And. He's 30 years old. He's going on 31 in July. So before the season starts, he'll be 31. And I think the biggest win for him is the length of the contract and probably the guaranteed money. See, he's not going back to the Saints and the Saints contract apparently was not matching up to what Miami offered. And they did give him a contract, but it was lower than that. Shocking to me that they gave him or offered him lower than that. But they did apparently offer him lower than that. And you get more guaranteed dollars. Now, there's two things that there's two things that I would have done differently in this contract. I probably would have given him a shorter deal, which I think the Saints probably were trying to do. I think I would have given a shorter deal for the situation that they were in. Admittedly, I'll be open. I'm a Saints fan. So let me just be very clear on what perspective that it is that I'm speaking from not just like just an analytical side of things. I'm also speaking from a analyst and a saints analyst side of it all. Um, I probably gave given him a three-year contract, especially with the age Miami gave him five. You're 31 years old and you're getting a five-year contract that you're getting more money for. You are winning. You get to go to Miami. You get to get a higher guaranteed money and you have incentives that they haven't given out all the details of the contract. So we don't even know, how the contract is going to be you know cracked out because it's not going to be 15 million every single year. It's probably going to be some years it'll be 16, some years it'll be 14. Those type of things they will play with the contract, maybe backload the contract and things in that nature. Make sure you check out Locked on Saints by the way, not just because he is leaving the Saints, but because Ross is absolutely fantastic when it comes to getting down the cap and things like that. He's a, he's a he's a capologist, right? That's what he does. So he's great for trying to understand the salary cap and things of that nature. And the Saints and salary cap are synonymous. But Armstead was able to get the the commitment for a long term. This might be the last contract of his career. He's been in the league nine seasons now. If he completes this contract at full length at five years, he'll be at like 14. There's chances that he won't. But that, that contract will set him up to where he could retire at about 35, right before he hits 36. Or, you know, get another contract if he can. But I think that this gives him security, gives him more money immediately in his pocket for 43 because 43 of that 75 is guaranteed and the incentives are supposedly easier to hit. So that could get up to 87.5. So this is a great contract for him. And it's great for the for the Dolphins as well, because at 75, he's the 12th highest paid tackle. When he's on the field, he is not the 12th best tackle in the league. He is far above that. He is one of, if not the best left tackle in the league. When he's healthy, he is just that good, truthfully, because he's a guy, and this is what he brings to the table. See, Miami brought the contract to the table, and that was able to be a win for Tehran. Tehran, Tehran is bringing his talent and all of his skill set to the table, and that's the win for Miami, especially on the on the deal that they got it. Even if he gets to eighty seven point five, that's not even eighteen million. Those people who were thinking he was going to get twenty million a year. So when I look at it, I say Tehran is a guy who is the prototypical left tackle is a prototypical left tackle in the sense of he's big. He's, he's athletic. He can move. He is a mauler when it comes to run blocking, when he gets his hands on you, you're going down hundred percent. Don't even question it. You are going down. And then also it's not just a situation where he's athletic. He's not, yes, he's an athlete, great athlete, but he is also he's also technical enough to where he doesn't have to just rely on his athletics and he's technical enough to where people seek him out for help. He actually sits there and he he's a part of the offensive line summit and he tells people different techniques and things of that nature. So they are getting an absolutely fantastic player, an absolutely fantastic leader, an absolutely fantastic personality in the locker room. Miami is getting a lot of that at a very good price. And I think that might be one of the best things. And he exploded on the scene At the Combine, he was blazing as an offensive lineman. I think he might have set the record at the time for fastest offensive lineman in in Combine history. If he wasn't, he was one of the fastest, and that's coming out of UAPB, and I think he has consistently put on for HBCU Athletics. If you want to point to guys, don't just say Darius Leonard because he plays a flashy position. Teron Armstead is also one of those guys who deserves to be spotlighted because he is one of the best players when he's on the field. And... The reason he didn't get as great of a contract as he might have his talent might have warranted is because he does have some health concerns and i will speak on that i will actually give a little bit of optimism and this was my optimism going into the season this year it kind of faded a little bit but last last season the 2021 season he missed a lot of time and that's been something that's happened throughout his career he's had injury concerns and I get it. That knocked down your value a little bit. Doesn't knock down his talent, but it knocks down his value a little bit. This is a little bit of optimism. The last two years prior to the 21 season, he played for 15 games. You'll take that. If he can play 15 games, you will take that. 16 in this situation. You might even take 15, honestly. But for the most part, he has had some health concerns. But you're hoping that his change of scenery – And he'll be able to go back to the two years he was before this. He's super tough. He's played through a lot of injuries. Some injuries have led to him having to miss time. But overall, you're getting a talent that is one of the best at the position that you needed it the most. You need to build up your offensive line if you're Miami. You got Teron Armstead, who is one of the best at his position, one of the best left tackles when he's playing. Teron Armstead, you're 31 with some injury concerns. You got more guaranteed money than you would have gotten. And you also got a five year commitment. This is a win win situation for both parties involved. I wish him the best of luck. You know, we don't have to play the Dolphins this year. Yes, I can say we because I am a Saints fan. We don't have to play the Dolphins this year, if I'm not mistaken. I wish you the best of luck armstead he is honestly one of the best players representing the hbcu brand he's one of the best players in the nfl it's great when those two things mix but going forward gerald huggins will be joining us to talk about deshaun dixon defensive end or or outside linebacker out of norfolk state he'll be joining to talk about how his positional versatility helps his case as far as being a prospect but first i want to tell you about stat hero because I don't care if my bracket is busted. I try not to think about it, but they keep telling me to talk about it. But anywho, that doesn't matter anymore. My bracket may be busted, but with Stat Hero, I have the opportunity to have single game pick'ems. So with these single game pick'ems, yeah, my my bracket might have went down in the first round when Kentucky lost to a 15 seed. Not heard about that at all. Now I can go bet on any of the Sweet 16 games. Now I can go bet on the Elite Eight games when we get there, and it's like nothing ever happened because there's no more long-term props, and the best thing about it is they allow you to pick your lineups, kind of like a fantasy uh, betting mix with this one right here, but they allow you to also pick your lineups that you want to go against with your own individual players that you select. So no more banking on players that you don't know. Only put your money down on guys that you actually have trust in. It's the best thing ever, and their their users are four times more likely to win than in other places. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for an 100% deposit match. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for an 100% deposit match. All right, so we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And we have Gerald Huggins here to talk about number six on the list, Deshaun Dixon out of Norfolk State. Let's talk about his positional versatility and what makes him such an intriguing prospect. All right, we got player number six, Deshaun Dixon out of Norfolk State. And before I even give his position, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Do you see him as a 4-3 defensive end or a 3-4 outside linebacker?
1: I see Deshaun Dixon as whatever Deshaun Dixon decides he wants to be good at. And guess what? He could play both. (laughs) He's pretty good at both. So that's why I like him a lot because, you know, he can – you call him a tweener, you call him a uh, hybrid, or you just call him an edge, which, you know, that would take away from his other abilities that I'm sure we'll speak about later. But I think primarily a 4-3 defensive end spot may work better for him because I think he's better with his hand in the dirt than we when you stand up in the two-point stance. That's just me. Um, you know, you could just tell the difference of, like, his play when he's uh, in a two-point stance standing up and when he's able to just get in his three-point stance and just wreak havoc. But he has put solid film of both. Um, he he wasn't in a – well, he was in a 3-4 during a uh, Shrine game, but, you know, even outside of that, he did stand up a little bit when he was at Norfolk State and other um, games he was in. So he's a, he's a tweener, but he's effective in either way
0: yeah i think that you look at the effectiveness does the size play any part like i know he's a pretty big guy so Mm -hmm. i don't know if you think he has the size for both or it's the size to drop his hand i think the question before what do you you think about his
1: size as far as that the way the nfl is now i mean these guys are they look his they look his size um you know about six five they say he is Mm -hmm. or over 250 pounds that's I mean, you know, it's probably an extreme example, but, you know, Miles Jarrett, I mean, he's legit uh, about 6'4", 6'5", about over like probably 260 pounds. And then you have other guys throughout the league who kind of fit that mold, a longer, rangier guy, Randy Gregory type guys, it's guys like that, that, you know, have long arms. So that helps with when it comes to pass rushing moves and it helps with extension against run blocks. So he has that mold. Um I mean, when you look at three, four outside linebackers, you know, the better ones, they're pretty big. They're pretty nice sized guys. I think, you know, the best thing we have in the league right now, you say, uh, you could throw wide out there. Just say yeah, wide. I still love Chandler Jones. He's an old head, but he's still very effective. Um, so we have, and then you have guys like Brian Burns and then like those long rangy guys. So he fits into that mold. He really does. And so he can be effective either way and his size plays a big part into that. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Brian Burns, I think Brian Burns plays, I think he stands up,
0: but if I'm not mistaken, I think Carolina might play a four-three.
1: He played both. I, yep. And yeah, Carolina
0: so that's a pretty good I think that is a pretty good comparison for his size translating into the NFL. I think that's a really good one. Brian Burns, if he can become that
1: he's doing Brian all right. Yeah, you know? I think he, he has a the length the length of Brian Burns, I just think, like, whew, like Brian Burns, his, he's he's fast. His get off. Like, yeah, his yeah get he's off is crazy. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, that's elite, like, you know, clearly all pro, pro bowl, elite level, uh, get off. I'm not saying Dixon can't get to that, but, you know, that's, but the size wise, yes, tall, rangy guys.
0: Yeah. Okay. I even heard somebody say, and I thought this was, I didn't know if this was stretching it, but I'll ask you as far as just how versatile that Dixon can be. I heard some people say in a nickel situation, pass rush situation, you could even slide him inside.
1: So I wouldn't jump the gun there. However, it was effective in college, but as college and, you know, sometimes it doesn't always transition to the NFL. He was more than likely the best athlete on the field and within the trenches so he could get away with certain things that, you know, as we've seen these NFL combines, these big guys are just as, as athletic as the edge guys. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, these guards, these centers, these offensive tackles—they're—they're they're athletic. So, I mean, let's let's just put it like this: in a nickel situation, we are a thousand percent sure they're going to pass the ball. Yes. However, I just don't think he's that effective in the three technique, is what you would call, because he wouldn't play the nose. Not at all. That's Not a, yeah, that's, even in a dime package.
0: Never want to put him over, like, right there over the center. No, you
1: no, no, no. So, you're mm. going to be in a three-tech, four-eye, you name it, Um, if he's on the inside. Against the run, would he do it to the best of his ability? Yes. But does that put him in the best posi- position to succeed? Not so much. So, if I were, if I would, you know, I'll, he'll be a nickel guy. He can be a nickel guy, three-tech and a nickel, but you have to be – sure they're gonna i mean you gotta be sure they're gonna pass the ball. i'm talking about third and 12 plus
0: yeah know. nascar packages type of type mm-hmm. of situations where you're putting all of your best pass rushers on the field um so looking at him thinking about how he how he looks what you've seen from film what is his upside you know what i guess his peak if you if you're looking at a, him as at his peak excuse me what do you think dixon's peak would be in the nfl
1: so the thing about uh dixon is um He's been working with Chuck Smith and Coach Dez down there in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, And they're like two of the top defensive line trainers in the country. Um, World, if you want to call it world, cool. But in the country. Uh, I got time to – I spoke with uh, Chuck Smith, and, you know, he told me about Deshaun, and he gave his, you know, hey, good kid. You know, I think he tweeted out, actually not too long ago, that the 2022 guys, most of them are, you know, they have to still grow. So they need to go into a situation where they have a defensive line coach that is one of the best. So in saying that, Dixon, in the right situation, could get a Pro Bowl. Ooh. Why not? And, it's be- and I'm talking about the best best case, yeah. best situation with a great D-line coach, and he continues to work with Coach Smith, and uh, Coach Dez down there in Georgia. If he continues to do that, he puts on the size. He's already 6'5", 250 plus. So that means NFL weight probably gonna get up into the two sixties. You know, because he was on that HBCU diet plane. You no, know that could, and that could go sometime. So he might get into the NFL and he'll put on some pounds. He could get to two hundred seventy pounds. Then we could have another conversation. I put him on the inside, by the way. But you know, if he gets to the point where he could get on the field specifically. Just even his first year. Just if you're just in the NASCAR package, the dime package, the nickel packages, just. To pass rush. If you get on the field that way, I think that's big for his rookie year because he's going to get drafted. That's why we're talking about him. So if he could at least get on the field his rookie year, I think this guy I, I could see Pro Bowl in his future. Why not? 6'5, 260 plus, he'll be. He has intangibles and he works really hard. So I, I'm I'm a shooter. I could go for Pro Bowl. Why not?
0: All right. So you just heard Gerald talk about. Is he a 3-4 outside linebacker? Is he a 4-3 defensive end? And just some of the things and some of the reasons that he believes that he fits in a certain spot. Now, going forward, we are going to be talking about his traits as a pass rusher and how he puts it all together. I can't wait. And when I laugh at this guy, understand I'm not laughing at his pain. But you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, Bar Bar. None. It's phenomenal. They have 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar, and four net carbs, as well as having a bar that's covered in chocolate with a multitude of delicious flavors available to you. This could be the end of what I have to say, but I want to dis- I want to just give you every detail that I can about Built Bar and the amount of time that I'm giving. Sorry if I'm speaking too fast, but I am excited because Built Bar absolutely tasted delicious. Tastes delicious, and I love the blueberry muffin. That is my favorite flavor of them all you have raspberry cookie and cream you have mint chocolate there are so many flavors you cannot tell me that you can't go to built.com and find a, or or n- not find a flavor that you find interesting but the health benefits don't stop when they get to the built puffs because the built bar puffs they have the chocolate They have the multitude of flavors, but then they also add the marshmallow while keeping the health benefits. This just feels absolutely unreal to me, but I know it is because I read nutritional facts and they are there. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. All right, so we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Gerald is going to be talking about the pass rush moves and the traits that Deshaun Dixon flashes on film and what makes him such an intriguing pass rusher. Okay, one of the measurements that you didn't mention was his arm length. And he, he got, let me make sure I get this right, because these are absolutely astounding numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, He has eighty-one inch wing, an 81-inch wingspan, and his arms are 33 inches. Inches right. So as a person who I'm admittedly not a tall guy, I take a lot of pride in wingspans, though. 81 inches is out of this world. How does he use his length on the
1: field? So when you see him uh work some of his pass, well, let's start with the run because you got to stop the run before you work the pass. So when he's going against the run and he's attacking these base blocks for one, let's start with the base block. The base block is going to off the lineman. Steps directly to the uh, uh, defensive alignment. Usually they use this for, uh, you know, for, uh, let's see, uh, mostly I'll say for ISO. Sometimes they use it um, for traps if you're the backside guy, uh, or, well, they'll have probably have to cut off the three tech, but that's a whole nother. That's, that's defensive football. But I'll say that when he goes against, sorry, when he goes against these base blocks, he's able to get his hands in the right proper place, which is to be in the neck here. And you also want to get it to the mesh or the shoulder pad, some people are the shoulder people call it he's able to get there and once he gets there first a lot of people don't have an 81 inch reach and the level he was playing at even when he went against uh, you know better competition a lot of tackles did not have the reset he had so once you lock in once he gets locked in first he's able to sit low and then he has a strong leg he had big strong legs he's able to press the guy back into the gap to seal the gap. So that's what a base block does. The base block is there to open up the gap on the inside or off the butt of the guy making the block. So the tackle steps out, turns his shoulders, and try to knock him back the other way. You have to squeeze it back, and he's able to do that. Now, when it also comes to him, this is a very random thing to think about. But when he's chasing, when he's chasing the quarterback, his long arms helps him get to the plays because you know he has good speed. But yeah. say he's I don't know if he's within two feet of the guy. Chances are he's gonna make the play because his arms are just that long. So that helps as well. And then when it comes to pass rushing, his long arms helps with, you know, me and him talked about, you know, he uses his long arm, and after he uses the long arm, the long arm is just when you take your inside hand and you press it into the shoulder, you press it to the beard of the neck, of the offensive tackle and you press him back with legit one hand. And then once you're able to do that, because you get the full extension, you get the full extension. I can't do it right now because I tore my pec lifting, but you get the, I'll do it the other. You get full extension uh, there we go and then you drive them back and then you can work a move off of that <laughs> so he's been working on that move and he also <laughs> i'm sorry yeah, look we
0: were talking about we were talking about it before he came on air that's why i'm laughing so hard because i already knew like people might <laughs> be watching this and be like he just said he tore his peck why is he laughing at him
1: <laughs> yo it hurts so bad <laughs> Yeah, he
0: told me how he how he hurt his pec. First off, it's not torn. He's being dramatic. (laughs) It's not torn, but he he told me how how it happened. So that's why I'm laughing. I didn't because I was from the optics. It just looked like you hurt yourself, and I was just like, "Hey, (laughs) (laughs) this
1: is funny." (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, I can't do my long arm right now. I'm nowhere near. Anyway, I would never probably just – I never had a reach as as Dixon. So, I mean, I could do a long arm. I think I had like a 79-inch reach or 80. Well, okay. That, that, yeah. I was 6'3", though. I mean, he's 6'5", so it makes sense. Oh. So, you know, but he's able to use his long arms to help with his moves and then get extension uh, even when he does the swipe moves and when he does other moves like a chop, he's able to have that extension. The offensive lineman really can't get the chest to him unless he lets them. So, but that's on him.
0: Yeah, so I want to continue talking about these these traits that he has. And I've seen a couple of your breakdowns about Dixon, and both times you emphasize his hands. What is it about his violent hands, as you called it, both times specifically violent hands that attracts your attention when you watch
1: him pass rushing? When I watch him pass rush, and these offensive linemen shoot their hands on him or they try to get their hands on him, the violence that he comes down with is almost like a hammer fist. That's mm-hmm. why I always compare I compare MMA and defensive line, pass, rushing. It's literally the same thing. Like I, That's why I teach my kids that I train now. It's literally the same. Hand fighting, boxing, kickboxing, whatever you do. Whether you do Muay Thai, Wing Chun, no matter. Whatever you're doing, it's fighting. And he fights. Every time you get his hands on him, he's knocking it away. Inside chop, outside chop. He's swiping your hands away. He has a pretty nice double swipe. Like I said earlier about the long arm, he goes from a long arm to a chop. He made that move really clean. That's a very clean move. And then the very simple one, his club rip is deadly. His club rip is deadly. I seen him seen a couple push-pulls. So okay. all this to say, his hands have really good placement. So that's big when you come in with a lot of these moves. So, like, you know, if you – for most, if you're pass rushing, you ideally want to get between the wrist and the elbow when you are help someone's hands away. A lot of people miss. Now, even when he does miss and the offensive lineman gets his hands on him, he's able – to work counter moves his counter moves help them also get off so if you do a swipe and you miss and then the guy gets a hold of you you don't want to turn your hip you outside chop or you inside chop or you do a hump. the hump wow that hurts. the hump hey, all <laughs> the right hump... you're
0: done now you're done you can't keep going through moves because you could going to keep hurting your pec. i'll let you i'll say this okay look because that that feeds in directly to what i want to ask you about a bit I actually find defensive line play absolutely fascinating, right? And you, you're talking about the violent hands and how that leads to multiple moves. What are the best moves in his in his toolbox? Oh, man. Well... I, I, I'll give you this. The top two or three. Okay. I know he has a lot. The top two or three moves in his in his tool set. I mean, his toolbox. Show.
1: Based on what I watched on film and based on watching him uh, train with Coach Smith and actually knowing Coach Smith, cross-chop, is up there if there's anything that I know about coach Smith and coach Des people that come out of there have a really good cross chop that is like the cross chop God
0: mm-hmm. so
1: Dixon working out with him hey I'm here for it number two if he his long arm is effective because well and this in the name his arms are really long and once he does I think I Personally, that long arm to an outside chop or knockdown, whatever one people mm-hmm. want to call it, devastating move. Okay, devastating move. And also, straight out of the Chuck Smith can't. Oh, What's well, the big thing? Most trainers are going to teach this move because it's a very simple move, but it's very effective. It's just an outside swipe. So he has the outside swipe and the double swipe because he has the ability to twist his hips and run on his ankles. That's why when you turn your hip, you twist here, you're literally leaning on the outside part of your foot. Your hips are turned you're leaning to the ground, so he's able to swipe that and then and run and get to the QB. So I think those are his top three moves right there. But the guy has so many, you he know, just so I mean, oh, just random. But another one of my guys were out there working with Chuck Smith and Dez is Jeremiah Kane, so just put that out there. We um, about that. oh, yeah, 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 but there's another guy too, but I, yeah, but I can't say his name.
0: Hey. <clears throat> That that's so that's next week, right? I just want to make sure I'm pretty sure I know who five is, and it's your guy. We can tell him because it's it's five. We're gonna we're gonna give him some lead in. It's the problem the problem,
1: it's the problem, James Houston. You talking about six. We talk about Deshaun Dixon, 6'5, 250 plus with an 81-inch reach. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something crazier. Talk to me. James Houston's six feet tall, and he has an 80 and i'm telling you right now we're talking
0: about it we're talking about the length we're talking about the pass rush set because a lot of times knowing how a player wins can go so far into understanding how you can operate how you can use that player so i cannot wait next week we're going into the top five that's my favorite number so we're going with big five james houston the problem and it's only appropriate that that guy is number five and i'll tell you why next week we got gerald huggins draft you see you with us again as usual. I appreciate you, my guy.
1: All love, my brother. Appreciate you.
0: You just heard Gerald break down not only his versatility as far as how many places he can be used in the different schemes that he can fit in, the upside, what is the absolute peak of Deshaun Dixon, and then also broke down his pass rushing toolbox while detailing some of the moves that he uses to get to the quarterback. This is all great content. Make sure you're keeping it up because we are going to continue rolling. Every week, we have five more weeks of this. That's why you need to continue making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, go check out Locked On NFL Draft. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, absolutely phenomenal content getting you ready for the NFL Draft in April. I already feel like, man, I cannot wait to get to April. But until it comes, I will be checking out Locked On NFL Draft. And in the meantime, in between time, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives until the next time that we hear each other. Family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.